millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. turns looking for options ball picking out uh, Taylor on the edge of the penalty area can he get it under control again he does oh lovely turn and he's pulled to the ground and it's a penalty for Charlton well Taylor did superbly well to beat two players one of them was Buxton didn't quite see who the other one was but it was the other one who dragged him down I'm just trying to wait for he turns around I think it was Jamie Allen who dragged Lyle Taylor back and the referee had no hesitation in pointing to the spot. Well, what great footwork from Lyle Taylor. Gets the ball, it's a great little pick out from Josh Cullen. And Taylor, whether he means it or not, I don't, I don't know, but it's a lovely little turn and he got a little trip on the back of his leg and went down. The referee gave his decision. I was worried when the referee pointed initially. It took an age to point to the spot and Lyle Taylor's about to step up. Can he convert? No, I should rephrase that. He had no hesitation in blowing, but he did have a hesitation in where he was pointing, I agree. And it is Taylor who steps up. I think it was actually Brayford he turned. And he steps up for a penalty in front of the covered end. Lyle Taylor stepping forward. Strikes it, left footed! Right-footed into the right-hand corner. And Charlton have the lead. Superbly cool penalty from Lyle Taylor. Oh, as calm as you like from the Charlton striker. Took an age to can step up. It's almost like Paul Pogba-esque the way he walked up to the penalty. And he struck it so nicely down to the keeper's right he dived the other way and John have a lead long ball down now looking for the run of Fraser being held up by Cullen back it comes to Templeton who cuts inside Chris Solly to the edge of the penalty area it's a ricochet shot and then uh, oh he's given a penalty the referee it, it was a shot that uh, by calling to the referee has come off a Charlton hand and he's given a penalty to the visitors that came from nothing. I didn't even see anybody appeal. I didn't see. I didn't see any indication of a potential handball whatsoever. I'm a little bit bemused. And I think it's given against Patrick Bauer. It's very, very harsh. I mean, we'll have to try and see that again. That's I didn't even see the incident. Uh, I heard the, the contact, but nobody appealed. Nothing. And, and suddenly the ref has pointed to the spot. You can only assume that Patrick Bauer had his hand outstretched to stop the ball going. Going, uh, going towards goal. What a chance we for see that again. to get back in the game. It's going to be Aikens to take the penalty. Candela Phillips keep charting in this. 18 minutes gone. Aikens steps forward in front of the Jimmy Seed and scores. And it's 1-0. Arrivo looking for a little bit of movement. Backwards to Cullen. Cullen out to the right-hand side and Solly. Solid ball down to line to Taylor's a good one. Taylor crossing opportunity. Taylor drills it in. Ren Reeves! Yeah, what a header! Oh, Ren Reeves! Diving! 
Superb finish. What a diving header from Ben Rees. Great football from Charlton on the counter-attack. Joe Rebo printing the ball forward out to the right so was Lyle Taylor. Ball to the back post was inch perfect for Ben Rees with a superb diving header. He couldn't have executed that any better than the Charlton midfielder. And Charlton restore the lead. Oh, great work from Charlton. Just when ben, uh, Joe Rebo picked up the ball from, uh, from a loose touch uh, in the just outside the Charlton penalty area, really, maybe uh, 10 yards. Uh, and he went on the run on that right-hand side, and he almost like he, he either ran out of ideas or ran out of puff. He tried to pick out Tariq Foster in the middle, which was the ball, but it was a ball that was just behind him, and it sort of stalled the move. He got it back, Joe, and then you think, well, that's the momentum gone. Had to pick out Josh Cullen, who spotted Chris Solly on the right. The ball into the box uh, to Lyle Taylor's run was perfectly timed, and then the thunderous cross, really, from Lyle Taylor. And you saw Josh Parker not even getting close to it, and you thought maybe the chance had gone. But there was Ben Rees with a superb diving header to put Charlton to back in the lead and uh, great, a great move that looked like it had finished. Brayford will take over, but his ball out is picked up by Marshall. And that's the end Come of the on, game. Get and Charlton have seen this game out. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here in the studio at the Valley as we get ready to look back at the win over Burton Albion and ahead to the visit to Bristol Rovers are Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, all good, thank you. Yeah, enjoy uh, enjoy the game on Tuesday? Uh, it was all right. First half was all right. Second half was really boring, actually. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. We're, we're, much we're, the same yesterday as well with the uh, women's game. Yeah, yeah, very uh, like a mirror image. Of uh, two games oh. the same. Uh, joining the pair of us here uh, at the Valley is Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, just going to stay in your seat this week? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. After uh, last week, it didn't really have the same effect when you listen back, does it? No, not really. It was more a joke <laughs> for us within the studio. Which just in fairness, a bit of internal banter. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, you can get cream for that, I understand. Right, on tonight's show, uh, like I said, we will look back at that game uh, with Burton Abbey. We're going to hear from the manager, Lee Boyer, after the game. Uh, we're also going to hear from the match winner, Ben Reeves. Uh, then when we get to about the half an hour in we're going to start uh, looking back at yesterday's uh, women's game against Millwall they beat, um, beat them here at the Valley 3-0 we've got an audio diary uh, from our trip to watch that game including interviews with uh, Liza Juppie uh, and Ritesh Mishra uh, then of course we will focus on looking ahead to Saturday's trip to the Mem to take on the Bristol Rovers we're going to hear from Tom from the Gascast podcast uh, and of course we're going to hear from Lee Bayer again who's going to uh, update on the state of the squad and the injuries and whatnot as we head down to the southwest. so Tom um, 2-1 win over Burton Albion um, yeah all, all the hard work was in the first half I think yeah it's one of them where you just go away and you're pleased you got the three points uh, we started really well that first five minutes ten minutes we could have been about 3-0 up obviously did get the goal early on and I then was very very comfortable thought this was going to be a bit of a cruise and maybe finally a team was going to get the hiding that we promised a few of them um, and then they got back into it Uh We'll, I'm sure we'll debate the handball a little bit and then it was a little bit nervy and even after we went 2-1 up that second half I think we largely controlled it in terms of possession but you're always on edge aren't you when you're just mm. a goal ahead but we managed to cling on and, and like I say when you then leave the ground the performance and the match doesn't actually matter the only thing that does is the three points and it's another win at home to extend that that record and uh, 
yeah, a pleasing result in the end. Yeah, Lyle Taylor with the uh, the early penalty within the first five or six minutes there, Nathan. That run-up, uh, I think it seemed to take about four minutes. <laughs> it's the slowest run-up I've ever seen other than uh, Pogba for Man United. But um, yeah, good good penalty, um, set us on our way. And then they, they get back into it, the handball against Bauer. I mean, Lee Bayer wasn't too happy. Did you have a view on whether that should have been a penalty for Burton? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, well, at first uh, glance, I thought it was... Um it was the challenge from the side when he tried getting his shot away. I didn't even know it was handball until I got home. Um, but yeah, no, they obviously made a game of it. I thought they were a good side. I thought a lot better than Portsmouth. I yeah. thought, that, yeah, I thought Burton were a really good side. I mean, well, that second half, they absolutely battered us. And well, I think they probably yeah. just be gutted they didn't get anything out of the game. Yeah, Nigel but. Clough said afterwards that he felt his luck hadn't been in against yeah. Charlton throughout I the don't. season. Obviously, we had that smash and grab at the Pirelli earlier on in the season. He, um, he also said he hoped that Charlton get promoted just so he doesn't have to suffer <laughs> uh, playing against us again. Now, I made a brilliant joke on Twitter when the second goal went in about Ben Reeves, Christopher Reeves, Superman diving header. It's brilliant. It, it went over a lot of people's heads, which was a shame. Um, but would have got over his head. Yeah, yeah. ball didn't. <laughs> Over Ben Reeves' head, though, that was a superb uh, diving header, uh, and he says it himself. I mean, with with that massive head he's got, he's got he's got to get a few more like that, really, isn't he? Yeah, and I think didn't he in the post match? I'm sure we'll hear it in a bit. Didn't he say he'd never scored one before coming to Charlton with his head as well? Yeah, and now he's got three, and now he's got two or three. Yeah, so yeah, and what's what's really pleasing is obviously since Carlin's left, we've had this debate a few times about the lack of goals and the lack of that that killer instinct in the final third and. We saw it even ever since Boyer came in. In fact, even back to Robinson, trying to get those midfielders to make those runs into the box. And Jake started to do it, obviously, before he got his injury. And then, as I say, especially with Carlin going, you're now looking at the likes of him and Williams and, and Fosu and, and Aribo and saying, right, get in the box. And we know Aribo can do it. And Reeves is just starting to now. And I've been really impressed with his last five or six performances. I think it might have come too late and we'll see what happens in the summer in terms of his contract. And, you know, he's not blowing me away by it by any means but he's definitely improving and he's closer to the player I think we thought we'd signed Um, and it was a really good run and and lovely build up as well really patient play from from all of the team and a wicked cross in from uh, Lyle Taylor and yeah he's got got himself into the right place and he couldn't really miss could he it's Mm. just sort of bounced off his head and in so yeah really good for him to get another goal yeah certainly and uh, as as we know statistically it was always likely to go in off off that massive head as we said now second half it wasn't the most exciting, but as we say, we get that that win. Uh, Peterborough lose again, so now we've got an 11-point gap. I mean, I said on Sunday that I was fairly confident we were going to finish in the playoffs. In fact, I called it. I said it's definite. And uh, just to prove me even more correct, it's up to 11 points now, the gap, Nath. Yeah, it's a nice little cushion. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't think, even though it is highly unlikely, we'll go on an insane bad run of form and come out of it. But I think we still need to try and keep that momentum going because if... Like we saw, the, the teams are above. The, will drop points. Um, I don't know if it will be enough for us to make the top two. But you've, you know, you can only play what's in front of you, and you win those games. And if if they do slip up to a few more times, then we need to be in a position where we can sort of capitalise on it. So um, I think looking at the runnings, I think Sunderland's got a hard running, um, and yeah, we just got to win each game. And don't get complacent because we know that you can turn up and lose easily to a Rochdale or you know, a Fleetwood or something. Excellent stuff. Right, let's hear what Lee Bayer had to say after that win over Burton. He was, of course, pleased with the victory, but admitted that tiredness seemed to come into play uh, in that second half. I'm not surprised because the efforts that we put in on Saturday was immense. And and they're human beings, you know, like, it's not just that the pitch was heavy. We've had all that rain today. Uh, the groundsman done great to get the game on, but it was it was soft. 
and it was draining, you know. And uh, but again, like, like I've said before, it's not every game is going to be beautiful. It's not everything. Like Saturday was perfect. We played well. We kept the ball. Had great possession. Today wasn't like that, and not all games are like that. And again, for me, so pleasing because we grind out results. In the past, last season, we weren't grinding out results. And um, they're the sides. They're, they're the signs of, of good teams that that do well. That when you can, when you're not playing at your best, but you still win against good teams. By the way, they're a good team. They've just come down from the championship last season, and, and they've got some good players. Um, so, so again, get six points against them this season. We've done very well. Well, you obviously know what to expect because uh, up at uh, the Pirelli, they gave us uh, a bit of a dunking. We still came away with uh, with the three points, so you knew what was coming. But uh, good start. Lyle Taylor getting the penalty uh, um, in the first five. You must have thought uh, good. St- uh, you know, it's, it's a good stable start that you can build on. But obviously, then coming straight back into it. Any thoughts on uh, on the penalty that uh, that hit Patrick Bauer? Yeah, well, what can he do? He's been three yards away. He's coming out to block the shot. When you run, your arms don't you don't run with your arms stuck by down your sides, do you? So he's running out to block the shot. The fella's blasted it from three yards away. It can't move his arm like as it what's he meant to do? Like it's not even possible. I don't I don't know. I don't get it, me. I don't get it. And I guarantee you I speak to the to, to the to people in charge of the referees and they say, No, sorry, you shouldn't have been a penalty. Like it's no good. Do you know, like and then we get exactly the same thing maybe 10 minutes later, whatever it was, and then they they didn't give us the penalty. It's exactly the same situation. One of our players has gone to cross it or shoot whatever he was doing, and they sit there, their fella on the arm. Well, like, what's the difference? There's no difference. I wouldn't mind. The fella's shot. It wasn't even going on target. It was got closer to the blooming corner flag than it was to the to the goal. So, like, what's... I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it, mate. It's, again, these big decisions, like, going against us, is it's wrong. Uh, it's probably something we're probably going to have to put up with because next season the the rule changes and they're going to be uh, they're going to be given left, right, and centre those sort of decisions. So uh, mm. I suppose if we're uh, if we're going to get used to it, better start now. I don't mind as long as everyone gets them. Yeah. Like it's got to be fair. Like we, we, like today there was two, both exactly the same in, in in both boxes. They get theirs, we don't get ours. So I, I don't mind if they if it's consistent, but it has to be the same for for both teams. Can't just have one rule for one one rule for another. Because that is wrong. But the character from the side is there, and uh, you must have, I mean, probably the best move of the game resulted in, uh, uh, or at least one of them resulted in Ben Reeves flinging himself full length to get across uh, onto that cross from Lyle Taylor. Uh, a, delighted for Ben Reeves, you know, mid, you want midfield players to score, uh, but B, just to show the character to come back and take the lead again. Yeah, yeah. But that's what we're about, you know. we we have a bit of everything we have to fight we have the, the, the competitive side but we can also play and again I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon for, for Ben to to be getting in the box scoring another goal you know um, keep telling him get in the box get in the box and and yeah now he's getting rewarded for it and he will keep getting in the box if you get rewarded you're going to keep going there aren't you um, I have to say what a cross though yeah. what a cross Great cross, I think that the movement of Lowell troubled him all, all day. And, um, we keep on running, running through a red light Like we're trying to burn the night away, away, away. Fossu changes passes to Rebo 
Fosu picks it up. Touch to Arivo. Fosu again picks about a shot. Goes for it! Oh! What, what a, a goal! goal! Oh! By Tariq oh! Fosu, who cuts inside onto his right foot and unleashes a ripper past Thomas Holy. Dive to his left. Couldn't do anything about it. And Charlton have their second in some style from Tariq Fosu. There we go, Lee Bowyer speaking to Terry after Tuesday evening's home win over Burton Albion here at the Valley. Some A uh, little bit of interesting stuff came out the, uh, he's, he's, in his press day about his contract. I mean, he said last week that he was sort of informally told he was going to be offered one, but I mean, he still hasn't heard anything as of today, he was, he was saying. So, I mean... It, <laughs> Uh, I know we probably say this every week, but it's a bit odd that we're we're not offering the the, the manager who's doing so well a contract, and and you just worry that I mean, hopefully they won't be so stupid as to not offer him like a a proper contract now. You know, whether it's a year or two years, but on proper wages. You know, not not to disrespect him the way that at times they had other players. Yeah, I think <clears throat> that's the worry because he's so important to us at the moment to everything we're doing. Um, not only has he has he done well in terms of his management, but the players that that we're relying on to sign new contracts as well. I'm sure there's a fair amount of them just waiting for him to sign. So it's a real concern and he thinks he's going to be offered one and and we have to assume that that's right. But I don't understand, therefore, why they're taking such a long time to do it and and that's a concern. But I'm not not too worried just yet. Um, But give it another few weeks. If it doesn't seem like it's happened, then I'll start to worry for sure. Yeah, certainly. Um, with the, 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 the points gap, as we were saying, Nate, obviously that puts us in an interesting position in terms of how we attack the rest of the season. Now, um, uh, George Burkett tweeted in, just been looking at our running, and to be honest, I don't see a game in there that we can't win. A lot of teams are in the bottom half. The one tricky game will be Luton, but we're so strong at the Valley that I fancy us to get a result. I mean, just because we might be playing a little bit with the pressure off now. Mm. I mean, will, will that... You know, catapult us to an amazing run that could even start to have Barnsley ever so slightly worried. Or, I mean, that is pie in the sky thinking. Or, or will we take the foot off the gas? I mean, Bayer said on Tuesday that we won't, but I guess there's always a danger that we might get a little bit complacent now and just think about meandering towards the end of the season and not getting too many injuries, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think if if they do uh, get a bit complacent, I think um, Bose will obviously. Give his um, give his opinion on it <laughs> to be polite, and they, they probably won't play because I don't think Bowie has knows any other way than to win a try and win a game and give hundred um, percent. I think we all think you know top two might be a bit too far, but you never know. Anything can happen um, in this game, and but we just need to keep winning games. And we have got an easier running per se, but you have got teams down the bottom there, the likes of Rochdale and stuff, are fighting for their lives. So it's not going to be easy. Um, I think if we if we get to the last sort of three you know three games or something and then maybe would start maybe resting players, um, but I mean not yet though. I think we've got a long way to go. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Our home form, well, not weird. It's great, <laughs> Tom. Our, our home form has been so impressive this season. Mm. Um, wh- why do you think that is? Why do you think we're so strong at home this year? Uh, I think the relationship between the crowd and the, and the team is very good. I know that the issue hasn't necessarily always been with the team, although in fairness, sometimes it has under Roland because of the players that have come in and haven't really looked like they've cared. Um, I also think the atmosphere that Bowyer has managed to create, not just with the fans, but with the players as well, <clears throat> he's made it into an intimidating place. And the style of football we like to play is on the front foot. It's fast, it's quick, and 
teams try and come here and sit back and, and we pick them apart and other teams try and come at us and we're able to get through them as well. So I think we've got a style that lends itself to attacking decent football and, and at home when you've got a decent crowd behind you and I know numbers are down but they are it is still a big crowd for this level. Uh, a loud crowd as well and you know we can we can make this place into a, a bit of a fortress and we can you know get the valley rocking and when we do it must be intimidating for other teams and I think once you get on that role and you build that confidence it only takes a few results early on and then the players the more times they come out will start to think well we've got nothing to fear here and as I say that's kind of just spiralled which is good and we've had a good a fairly good home record last year as well and I know we're looking to supersede that this year but I just think yeah, it's it's the culture around the club. Obviously, off the pitch and ownership-wise hasn't changed, but on the pitch and certainly the work that Bowyer has done it has made a difference, I think. Now, of course, the uh, 90% head, 10% man that got the goal on uh, Tuesday evening, the winning goal was Ben Reeves. Uh, difficult performance, though, in terms of the entire team in that second half. Charlton really took their foot... Well, really looked a bit leggy, uh, perhaps, to say in that second period, but um, Ben says that the most important thing was to get the three points. Um, obviously, for me, the most important thing was the three points. It was always going to be tough after Saturday. Um, obviously, it took a lot out of the boys, and it always does, I think, because it's such a big game. Um, it's always hard to, to do that again on the Tuesday night against another good side as well, one of the better teams in the league, I think. Um, so the most important thing was just the result tonight. And the, uh, the conditions on the, on the pitch, obviously, with all the rain today, you could have done without it being, uh, being heavy, which yeah. I'm sure it was, uh, to add to the problems. Yeah, it was obviously difficult. Um, physically, I think, uh, a very demanding game. Um, but boys stuck up to it and, and, and did well in that, in that situation, I think, because it was, it was difficult. Um, like I say, they moved the ball around well as well, so it's hard for us. Uh, they used their full-backs well to get out, so we had to do a lot of running. Um, but it was just one of them games, I think, we had to, we had to grind it out, and, and we did. And the second half especially looked like a bit of a slugfest where, uh, where, where the, the tiredness looked like it was kicking in. Uh, but in the dressing room, is it just a case of, you know, three points, we won it and, uh, and momentum's still there? Yeah, definitely, I think. If you look at those two games and you think we've got Portsmouth and then we've got Burton to take six points from that, I think um, it's brilliant, I think. I think if you, I think anyone would have been buzzing off that at the start of that, start of the, on Saturday morning. Um, like I say, now, now we've just got to rest and recover again and then go again Saturday. Take the lead in the first five would have uh, would have settled people, you know, settled everybody down and thinking we can move on from here. But uh, the penalty we got, uh, I mean, difficult to see from where we were, but um, stri- striking Pedro Bear's hand. Did you get the view? Oh, that's right in front of it. Yeah, I thought it was a very, it was harsh. Yeah. The shot, because obviously the, the shot is not going in, nowhere near. I think sometimes you've got to think about if it's going, if it's going in, the referee maybe he's got a decision to make. But it was going miles wide, so I don't know how it's a penalty to be honest. So feeling a bit hard done by for that. So needed uh, needed uh, somebody to step up and, uh, and put us back in the lead. Uh, and you've thrown yourself at uh, what was a fizzed cross from Martel. Just Parker wasn't that far in front of you. Did was there a, just a thought that he might get there before you? And to be honest, I just thought I knew I had to do my best to get in the back stick. Um, fortunately, the defender gave me a yard or two of space and, and didn't go for it. So I had almost like a good sight of it the whole way through. Um, and obviously it's a big forehead as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scored many with the head? Uh, no, nah, I've never scored in my head before I come to Charlton. And it's my third now, so hopefully they keep coming. I'm used to score most of my goals from outside the box and it seems to have changed now. And, and hope, 
as long as the goal is helping the team, that's the most important thing. There's something good uh, uh, is worked on the getting getting into the box, mid, especially in midfield. Yeah, uh, Jacko was doing some stuff with George Latsley the other day, and I asked to join in, um, and it was pretty much exactly like what the goal was: uh, timing your run into the box and, and getting getting your head on it. Uh, quite clear, obviously, with the injuries, Christian Billet and Johnny Williams out today, that uh, everybody's going to have to play their part in the running. Uh, probably the same again on Saturday, I'm guessing. Yeah, of course. I don't know. I, I don't know the extent of the injuries or, or what's the case for them too. But um, we're a good squad, and I think we need to keep the confidence in the squad. Not just the, not just a few of the players. It needs to be the confidence needs to come from the whole squad. And, and like I say, we've got one of the best squads in the league, I think. And, and it's the chance now for some of the boys to show that as well. And, and hopefully, we can. Just in fact, in terms of your future, there was a, a graphic by Sky in six. I was at the game, but. You're one of the players that's out of contract, aren't you, at the end of the season. How do you yeah. kind of how do you kind of feel about that? What's the sort of dynamic for you, for you when you play at the moment? I've just got to work hard and do my best for the team. That's all I'm trying to do at the moment. And, and my aim is for us to get promoted. And that's what I want. And for Charlton as well. And like I said a minute ago, I'm lucky to be here and I'm lucky to play for this club in this stadium. And, and hopefully that continues. Yeah. With that, are you quite relaxed about your own situation? Yeah, yeah. 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 So there we go, Ben Reeves uh, talking after his headed goal one Tuesday evening's game against Burton Albion here at the Valley. Uh, Richard Corley there asking him towards the end about his contract situation. Um, every time we interview a player, it's pretty much a question that we have to ask all of them because many players are running out of uh, running out of their contract at the end of this season. Uh, Reeves doesn't seem too worried about it at the moment, Tom. I mean, would you would you be dishing out a new deal to him? Um, I think I would. Yeah, uh, as I said, I don't think. He would be our, our best player in the championship if we were to get there. But I, I think he'd be all right. And and he's improved a lot recently. And if he continues that kind of upward form, then I think he could be a useful player to have around. But uh, it does depend what league we're in. If we were to be in League One again next year, which obviously I hope we're not, then I, I definitely think he, he deserves another contract. If we were to go up, like I say, I, personally, I would give him one as well. But I know... There'll be people who think he hasn't really done enough in his time here, and I think that's a legitimate point of view as well. Do you think um, there'll be many suitors in League One, for example, if we haven't signed him by the end of the season, who would who would take a punt on him and maybe try and take him off our hands if we don't offer a, a decent deal? Yeah, I do. I think yeah, he's a I think he's a good player for League One. Um, it, it took a while for him to get settled in because he obviously had those injuries and that. But I think Tom said early, starting to show now what he can do and. Um, I mean, there's certain games he's come on and changed games and games he started. And from when he when he first came on the scene with Robbo and he was playing in that ten, I found him really ineffective. Mm. He used to get marked out of the game. He used to get muscled off the ball. He didn't sort of drag out white. He just sat in that hole and he never really done much. But since um, we've been playing this narrow diamond, he's having to work hard. And I think he's bringing the best out of him. So I, I, I think there'll be plenty of suitors. If um, but I'm, I'm, I'm with Tom. I'd give him another year for sure. Yeah, certainly. I think he's. I think he's done uh, just about uh, enough here at the club. Um, in terms of, uh, of course, uh, the, the midfielders as, as a whole, there is a lot of competition in that, in that in those positions as well, which is probably going to bring the best out of him. Yeah, and I think we've seen that from all the midfielders this season because we have got that strength in depth. Um, I think we obviously chatted to Boya last night, but I think we've seen the uh, the best midfield we've got to offer over the last couple of games. Um, Johnny and, and Ben Reeves seem very interchangeable Fosu just speaking about him off air there um, we're still seeing glimpses aren't we but he's still not the player he was last year mm. um, 
but I mean Bielik and Cullen particular and Aribo are all just outstanding players and the concern for me would be irrespective of whether we go up or not two of those alonees and Aribo is you know being looked at by Premier League clubs so so that would be my worry but for the rest of this season certainly while we've got them all that competition is healthy and for the most part, people are, are improving their performances as a result. Yeah, interesting some of the stuff that Bowie was saying last night here at the women's game. Um, he was talking about how Johnny Williams has almost taken on a role that Carlin Grant had in terms of mm. with Carlin's pace where he was able to stretch teams with his running. Uh, he, he feels that Johnny Williams can do the same on the ball and therefore it's, it's a slightly different way of doing things. But Johnny Williams is running on the ball, can stretch teams in a similar way uh, to how um, Carlin Grant was doing when he was here. They're very interesting. Bowie uh, was certainly enjoying the women's game yesterday he was finding he's finding he's, uh, find it very interesting uh sort of the some of the subtle differences between the games but he was uh you know, tactically impressed as well uh had a couple of tweets in as well um david nichols says i wonder what fiasco is more likely to be solved first roland's ownership or brexit i mean we're no brexit experts in here and well no one's an expert on roland's ownership because no one knows what way that's going to go but um yeah, it'd be interesting to see if, if there's a way to bet on that. I think I'd probably go Brexit first yeah, than yeah, Roland. Yeah. Uh, right, let's have a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to have our audio diary uh, from the women's game. We've still got, of course, Bristol Rovers away uh, to look ahead to as well. Back in 30 seconds. Uh, quickly rolled it out and Dick still could benefit and does picks it off and finds Reeves out to the right hand side approaching the corner of the penalty area on his left gets the ball across to Fosso on the opposite side Fosso takes on his man gets past him as well ball into Reeves into the six yard box yes there it is what a lovely ball from Tariq Fosso to pick out Reeves who kept his run going and he slots it past Holy for the opening goal When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
welcome back. It's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Your big match preview looking ahead to Bristol Rovers away in a few moments' time. But last night here on Wednesday evening at the Valley, it was Charlton Athletic women against Millwall Lionesses. Uh, an emotional evening for the club, uh, celebrating the life of uh, former Addicts goalkeeper Jordan Dawes, who uh, sadly passed away aged 18 recently. So they had a, a minute's applause for, for her before the game. Uh, but then they, they got on with the business of the match and they uh, ran out comfortable winners uh, against Millwall. Now let's have a listen to the diary of uh, myself, Tom and Terry, who were there last night. This is uh, what we had to say uh, on a very decent performance uh, by Ratisha's side. So here we are, it's Wednesday night. We're here at the Valley for Charlton Athletic Women versus the Millwall Lionesses, Terry and Tom, both here with me. Tom, uh, first time we've seen the, the women in action for a little while. Um, still harbouring outside hopes at the top two and against a, a resurgent Millwall side who are bottom of the league, but they've had a couple of good results in the last few weeks. So not perhaps the uh, the walkover that it was with the 8-0 away win earlier on in the season. Yeah, that's annoying, isn't it? I, uh, I haven't seen them play live since the first game of the season where obviously it started so well, but they have continued that form. And yes, they're, as you say, maybe dropping away from that top two places now, but considering where they were last season and to come into this new league I think they've done fantastically well and great for them to get the reward of playing another game at the Valley under the lights they obviously did that last season we were here against West Ham um, and yes Millwall have improved recently but that derby feel and that the confidence they'll hopefully have from that win earlier in the season you've, you've got to back the, uh, the Charm girls uh, Sizable crowd in already about 5-10 minutes before kick-off Terry um, notable in the team news as well that Charlotte Kerr is back after that nasty injury she had uh, during the Man United game. So it's great to see her back for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. With all the with all the you know the importance of the fixture itself, uh, the fact that uh, Charlotte's come up, come away from uh, what looked like quite a horrific injury and is back playing is great news. Uh, and of course, uh, Charlton leader. You know, um, she, she's an integral part of the team. So um, it's important that she's uh, she's playing and. Uh, an important, as you mentioned earlier, this Millwall side have picked up. Apparently, they've brought a whole new group of, uh, of young players in uh, and, have, um, and have performed well in the last few games. So, this is not going to be the 8 0 cakewalk that the first game was. And uh, of course, we should mention that the, tonight's game dedicated to Jordan Dawes, the, the former Charlton. Uh, goalkeeper who, who sadly passed away and so it'd be an important night for the, for the girls out there to try and pay their respects to, to her with a, with a good performance. Yeah absolutely, I mean we mentioned about uh, the importance of Charlotte uh, was, uh, was safe and well and so the news uh, of, of the tragic and untimely and young death of, of, of a young lady uh, it's just, uh, it, it puts everything into perspective and uh, you just want them to go out there and enjoy themselves, of course we want the win but uh, uh, yeah the fact that this is dedicated to her is great celebrating the life of Jordan Dawes with a period of applause which will be marked and ended with the referee's whistle. Thank you. 34 minutes gone and finally the Addicts have the breakthrough. Wonderful cross from Lizard Juppin. There's Kip Graham at the far post. He tuck it home and finally really because the Addicts have been absolutely dominant in this game so far Tom yeah we've had so many chances we're by far the better side uh, really good quality across the team uh, don't seem overawed by playing in such a big stadium this time which is obviously a positive as well and yeah I'd say we've completely dominated the game and give Kit Graham a chance from two yards out 
put your house on her scoring and, and she did and yeah we, we deserve to be in front. We were just complimenting Liza Juppie's footwork over on this side of the pitch and all of a sudden she pops up inside the penalty area, takes it past her player and then sticks the inch perfect crossover to the far post. Yeah she's been the standout player Liza Juppie at the moment, she's uh, controlling controlling the ball when she's got it and uh, been at the best uh, uh, of all the plays that, we, that we've had and it was only a matter of time really and uh, as well Kit Graham lovely footwork hasn't really had the rubber to green until uh, getting at the right uh, in the right spot at the right time 10 minutes before the break the Alex take a 1-0 lead I think we've just heard the sound of floodgates opening chaps it's Charlton 2 Millwall nil. a close range finish from Charlotte Gurr it was good work from Charlotte Kerr picking it up inside the area set it inside to Graham Graham just set up Gurr for the tap-in lovely goal yeah and it could have just been level moments earlier with a thundering shot from uh, Clark from Millwall crashing off the bar but uh, yeah two minutes later the addicts are 2-0 up and, and again thoroughly deserved we should be winning this game comfortably and put a bit of daylight between us and them now unselfish work from Kit Graham in the middle there but I think when you have a goal record like hers you can afford to be unselfish absolutely yeah and there was that moment I mean uh, where you thought you'd lost it thought uh, the chance had gone but uh, you know to be fair they remained calm in the, in the six yard box passed it amongst themselves and uh, a lovely uh, it was quite an easy finish in the end Ooh. and Millwall have just hit the bar and again and uh, a bit of a let off there for Katie Starr but Charlton have packed it away Just before the break here in the first minute of added time, it's 3-0 now. Liza Juppie, the, uh, the player we picked out as the star performer earlier on, has just uh, smacked one from distance, possibly asked a couple of questions of the goalkeeper there, but uh, Liz didn't mind as that nestled into the back of the net. Yeah, no messing around. These Charlton girls haven't heard that we uh, don't like playing our rivals, do they? Because they've been utterly dominant from start to finish. You'd argue 3-0 is a bit uh, generous, really. We could be even more ahead. And, uh, yeah, total domination, really. Despite the fact we all have had a couple of chances, we've been bossing this game. And, yeah, fantastic strike from long range. Don't buy a ticket to the lottery. Tell you're not going to win it. And that's exactly what Liz did there. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> and she deserves it as well. She's been a standout player. And uh, just before half-time, kill a goal. Uh, they're a little bit worried that uh, this might be a tight game. But uh, if, they, if they carry on the second half like this, it could be a walkover. There we go. The half-time whistle's just gone here at the Valley. Charlton Athletic women 3-0 to the good against the Lionesses. The final score here at the Valley, Charlton 3, Millwall nil. as it was at half-time, a, a more uh, sombre second half, but uh, Charlton got the job done before the break really, didn't they? Yeah, I was about to say, they'd done all their hard work in the first 45 minutes and relaxed in the second half, um, still the, bet, the better side, deserved the win, backed up the win that they got against them earlier in the season as well, and uh, yeah, great for them to, to come to a stadium like the Valley in front of over 600 fans and get a solid 3-0 result, so really pleased for them. Edges them back into within almost touching distance of the top two, five points in it again. I mean, it's, it's always going to be an outside chance, but they keep getting wins like this. They're going to put pressure on, the, on Man United and Spurs. Yeah, it's a tough half to try and close the gap, but uh, performances like that won't, uh, won't do them any harm. Actually, the big one is probably the, the next home game for Man United at the Oakwood. If they can get anything out of that, then it'll put real pressure on the top two. You never know. Well, there we go. Final score here at the Valley. Charlton 3, Millwall and Hill. Let's see if we can get some interviews with the manager and perhaps a player as well. Liz, 3-0 uh, win over Millwall. Um, had the job done by half-time in the end. Uh, yeah, I guess we did, but we came out as well. Just making sure that we don't 
that drop our level after half time. We had to take our chances. Like you said, they hit the crossbar twice. So we could have been, they could have had two goals in that first half. So I think we were clinical when we had our chances. Could have scored more, but we did enough. We scored enough. And uh, great to play in front of a big crowd here at the Valley. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really nice under the floodlights. Big pitch, good atmosphere, so it's good to play, yeah. entertain the crowd. I guess you hope, you hope you put on a display that we'll see a few more of them come down to, to the Oakwood to see a few games. Yeah, well. 100%, that's why we do it. Um, hopefully they've enjoyed it and we can get more fans coming. We've got six games left, it'll be great to get them behind us. Uh, we've got important six games left because we're still pushing, trying fight for promotion so that, yeah that result closes the gap on Man U to, to five points and that's your your next game as well so it doesn't come much bigger now yeah exactly yeah no we've got go to training we've got big week ahead and hopefully we can get a result at Man United I think we gave them a good game when we went out there and then obviously like you said that game got called off um, and now we've had a bit of a break so hopefully after this we've created a bit of a buzz again and we just train hard and can go into it The fact that we got a, a, a win was a positive. The fact that we got, um, I think, a decent crowd. I don't know how many we got, but it felt like there was a good crowd here. Um, and for us, it was just about getting game. Um, so getting back to playing football in a competitive environment, um, that's, that's pleasing. The fact that we won, that was the most pleasing aspect. But a lot of things that we can do better, I think we need to um, in the next five games. Of course, the importance of the result takes you back to within five points of Man United, of course, yeah. your, your next opponents as well. So you're, you're certainly not out of this promotion race yet. No, we, we've. I think the Aston Villa result has made it difficult for us, um, but everything's still in our hands. They've got to come to us. Obviously, with everything that's gone on with the, the previous fixture, it's going to think be a, a spicy affair, if, if I'm being honest, and that's something that we've got to try and relish. We've got a few weeks to build up to that game. We can't get anything other than a win. Um, so at least we know exactly how we need to approach the game, what we need to go go for, and I think that they're going to have a tough game coming to us. And it's it's actually been a difficult time for the club, and um, there's a lot of girls in the dressing room. You know, I myself personally, and a lot of the staff knew Jordan. Um, and today, of course, we you know we played for the three points, but we had, there was something more to, to the game for us, and we spoke about it in the build-up. We spoke about it. Um, before the game that we were playing for a bigger cause today and you know I'm sure she's looking down and thinking it was a, a good performance from us and we're pleased that we were able to score um, three goals, win the game and you know thankful that the family allowed us to um, use this game to pay tribute uh, sorry to pay tribute to Jordan um, and you know that we've got to be thankful for. There we go, our audio diary of our trip to watch the uh, Toronto Athletic women uh, beat Millwall by three goals to nil here at the Valley on Wednesday evening. An enjoyable day if you want to get down to watch and play against Man United down at the Oakwood. That's uh, not this Sunday, but the one after. Um, and that's a huge game. If Toronto can get three points there, they'll be right back in the mix uh, for the top two and promotion to the, uh, the the Super League. Right, um, Saturday, the Addicts travelling to Bristol Rovers, uh, the Mem. Uh, I caught up with Tom from the Gascast podcast to find out a little bit about the uh, the Bristol Rovers side. Uh, it's not been the best season. They've had a couple of good results uh, in the week, then, and in fact, they won at Gillingham since we've had this uh, this interview as well. Um, but overall, it's not been the easiest season for the Gas. No, absolutely not. No, we've been right down there pretty much um, all of the season. Um, I think that it kind of just got off to a bad start with our summer work in the transfer window. Um, on paper, we made some really good sign-ins, like we got Ed Upson from MK Dons, we got 
Alex Rodman from Shrewsbury had done really well the season before. Same with Stefan Payne from Shrewsbury. And we all thought, yeah, like we've got a kind of top half budget and with a bit of like Daryl Clark overachievement, maybe we can have a kind of tilt at the top six. Um, pretty much from the off, that that was obviously not going to happen. Um, we, sh- we really struggled. Um, the players that came in underperformed. Uh, it didn't help that one of Daryl's signings at left back, um, who's now fit, um, Terry Combs-Dennis, uh, wasn't fit. We signed him from Huddersfield. Yeah, he used to play uh, for us. So I say it again. He used to play for Charlton. He was uh, oh, he? for our youth academy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's men. Um, yeah. But yeah, we kind of got him quite cheap from Huddersfield because he was injured, thinking bit of a gamble kind of thing. But um, for whatever reason, um, we didn't kind of get a. We either gambled on him coming in too early, at kind of being fit too soon, and didn't get a proper replacement in or a backup. Um, so we ended up with a a youth player called. Um, uh, Kelly and then we had um, a Joe Martin from I think Stevenage for a while as well he's a League 2 player it's an odd kind of little position there but that was quite symptomatic of our, our summer um, business it just meant that we struggled all season we had um, a partnership up front of Tom Nichols and Stefan Payne Tom Nichols uh, we signed for good money from Peterborough and has scored I think about four goals in 60 something <laughs> like that He's he's been a bit of a dud he's come into form a little bit lately but um yeah from from a purely goal scoring record he's he's been shocking mm. um and then that, that kind of cost Daryl his job uh, just before Christmas uh, just before January transfer window and then we got Graham Coughlin in who was our old defensive coach um and I don't know how he's doing it and I, I'm not sure he knows how he's doing it but we have gone on an incredible run um and we are like sixth in the form table at the moment. I think a couple of things helped him. Um, one, he did really, really good business in January. He moved on Stefan Payne um, in a kind of quirk of the rules because he'd already played for Shrewsbury. He could only go back to Shrewsbury and we managed to offload him there. We ended up getting in um, Johnson Clark Harris from Coventry, Abu Ogogo from Coventry, um, and um, Tariq Combs Dennis has come back to fitness all at the kind of same time. So our form has turned right around. I mean, we're not massive. We're still right down there. I mean, we've we've had back-to-back league wins, but we're still one point clear of the relegation zone kind of thing. But we've definitely turned a corner and are kind of feeling a little bit more optimistic about our chances of staying up. Whereas before under Daryl, I, I really, I had us nailed on 100% to go down. So that's the kind of uh, turnaround uh, Graham's managed to, to make. Yes, yeah, it probably helps as well in, in terms of the, the relegation battle that is so tight. I mean, b- before Tuesday evening's games, you can go up to 12th and it, and Wickham and they're only five points above the, the relegation zone. So y- there's a lot of other potential teams that could slip up as well and, and, and help. Yeah, we played um, Scunthorpe on Saturday and beating them meant that we were only like two points away from them, something like that. They're like on the on the brink now as well. The, the annoying thing on the flip side of that have been so close is that we won on Saturday, everyone else around us won. So we didn't really move that much. I think um, Oxford slipped below us in the end. But yeah, it's, it's, it's getting really squeaky down there. You can throw a blanket over the, over the teams down there, definitely. Um, obviously, uh, in the last few years, they've been down to uh, non-league for, for, for one year and then, and, then, and then came back up. 
Um, so, I mean, do, do, do Rovers feel like they're sort of finding their level again now? Because uh, after that that difficult couple of years, lower end of League One, is that is that their natural level? Or do they or do the fans expect or expect a little bit more from them? Really, um, I'd say this is probably our level. Um, we we are a bit hamstrung because of the men. We can't, you know, do the nice events and we're it's quite a small ground, so we can't get the you know the big attendances that Charlton can um, and that kind of thing. Um, I think before we went into non-league, um, we'd kind of been bumbling around the bottom of League Two for quite a while, and mm-hmm. just suddenly that trapdoor went, and it it was at the time painful. But looking back at it, it's probably been a blessing in disguise. We got rid of a lot of the deadwood. Um, Daryl took over those back-to-back promotions were, you know, some of the best times we've seen in years at Rovers. Um, so now we're kind of bottom end, mid-table League One. I think that until until the stadium's sorted out and we can kind of get those, I, I hate that football's so much about money nowadays, but it is, um, until we can get those kind of all, round, all year round kind of revenue streams and more people through the gates and all that kind of stuff, I think we're going to be stuck here. Mm. Um, we might get like a, a fluky into the championship for one or two seasons like Burton, but I think this is pretty much our level now. And now looking ahead to, to Saturday then, um, obviously, as we said, we're, we're talking before the Tuesday evening games, but in terms of that, that decent run of form that, that both sides are on, uh, how do you see it going? Obviously, uh, plenty to play for for both of them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got we've got a relegation six pointer actually on Tuesday night against Gillingham uh, away, which we always do badly against. Uh, like against, so if we got a win there, we would be flying considering we've won our last two league games. Um, it really depends how Charlton play. Um, if teams come to the men, we've had like Wickham come here and do it, where they'll sit back, frustrate us, time waste, like horribly time waste. And um, we've really struggled to kind of break down teams like that. Um, If you come and you play football, like um, Sunderland did on uh, in the cup on Tuesday last Tuesday, um, I think it will be a good game. Even though we lost two nil, we did have. If we'd taken our chances, we might have been able to get a different result. But I mean, it's it's Sunderland; they've got four million pounds worth of Will Grigg on the pitch, you know. But yeah, it is, as long as Charlton comes to play, I think it'll be a great game. I think we'll probably lose, but it will be a good game to watch. If I put you on the spot now, the Bristol Rovers, are they staying up this season? <sighs> Considering I've already said we're 100% down and I get mercilessly mocked by all my <laughs> mates for it, um, I'd, I'd say 60% up. So there we go. That's Tom from the uh, the gas car saying that he's uh, 60%, 60% up there, that Bristol Rovers uh, will stay up. I mean, as we were saying, we were mm. talking before they actually played on Tuesday evening. They did go and win at Bristol Rovers by a goal to nil. Clark Harris uh, with the goal in the 57th minute. Um, yeah, so they, they are looking good. I mean, to, to stay up now, but it is so tight in that in that bottom half. Uh, Vital Charlton even mentioned actually that Clark Harris will be a handful on Saturday, but I think coming up against our defence will be different gravy for him. I mean, we know he's, he's got a fair few goals, hasn't he, uh, recently, Clark Harris, as, uh, as Tom mentioned there, but we've got Navi Sarr, so, mm. you know, it's going to be Bristol Rovers nil. 
Yeah, he's a big. Um, Just case for how many we're going to get, really, isn't it? Yeah, he's a, he's a big physical presence, and um, I can't. I mean, I I can't see us sitting behind the ball, to be honest. No, um, but I th- uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Tom was being sort of. Uh, you know, you, you, some teams will come to you yeah. in League One and sit behind the ball, but obviously, I don't. I don't I expect. Will. I don't expect we'll be doing that. Uh, whatsoever. Now, obviously, Lee Bayer had his press day uh, today, uh, looking ahead to that Bristol Rovers game. Um, obviously, after Tuesday night as well, we've got that 11-point uh, cushion, uh, but Bayer says still he will not say that a playoff place has been secured just yet. Uh, no, football's crazy. For as quick as that we've got that gap, that gap could easily get closing. So... Not really looking behind, like I haven't looked behind all season. That's never been a, a focus of mine. It's always been up the top, you know. So um, all we're going to do now is just keep trying to win games. And when we've got maybe four or five games left, then have a look and see where we are and and see what possibilities there are. So um, for me, there's a lot more to change between now and the end of the season. There's... Look at us last season, we had 10 games to go. Everyone ripped us off, we was in 10th, I think, and we made the playoffs. So there's an hell of a lot of football to be played. You talked after Tuesday's win against Burton that the team digging in and grinding out results between now and the end of the season. Is that going to be the key to success? Yeah, and Saturday's going to be another one. Saturday's going to be tough. They're a good side. They're a completely different side to what we played at home. Um, watching them against Sunderland in the cup, I thought he was the better side by far in the first half. And um, that, that Sunderland got a goal late, late first half, early second half, and, and the game was over. But that they press quick, they've got good movement off the ball. They that they that they pass the ball. Completely different sides to what we played earlier on. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Conditions are going to be hard, like like our game on Tuesday, the heavy pitch. It's going to be the same up there. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a hard game for sure. You've got an international break coming up. You're not involved Saturday week. Is that going to help with any problems for fatigue within the squad? Yeah, that will help, and um, I'm glad we're getting that break so we can give them a bit of a rest and a few days to recharge their batteries and then come back for Bradford and, and, and have a real push to the end of the season. So, yeah, that's that's going to be good for us because you, you see Tuesday we was um, we, we was tiring and um, but we, we grinded it out and, and we got the three points and if we can do that on, on Saturday and then that would be a perfect week for us and, and then we can enjoy our break. How do you cope with that as a manager? Do you give the players extra days off? Yeah, yeah. They'll have four days off. Um, win, lose or draw, they'll have four days off. And we've we done it on the last uh, window as well. And then they came back and, and we were flying. So um, that's the plan. Then the day they're human, you know, they're, they're human beings and they're, they're, they're putting everything in. And, um, and and they need to recharge. That's, that's, that's a fact. Um, I know that from, from when I was playing myself. So... Yeah, they they have their break and and, and they they've deserved it. Did you pick up any further injuries on Tuesday night? No, just a lot of tired legs. Um, obviously, Joe was ill. Still not the best at the moment. So uh, 
no, there was no injuries, but just just a lot of fatigued players. Is Joe going to be available to you on Saturday? Do you think? I don't know. We're going to have to see how he is. He's still not the best today. Um, he's he's got tablets, so we're hoping that they start working sooner rather than later. He's been taken since Tuesday, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how he goes over the next 24 hours. And Christian Bielik, is he available to you on Saturday? Another one that we have to we have to assess and, and, and see how he goes. We're going to try and get him back out on, on the training pitch either today or tomorrow and then we'll just have to see. Like, obviously, he came off, off with hamstrings, so... Um, we think it might be more neural, but we won't know until we actually put him out. The club captain Jason Pearce was on the bench on Tuesday. Is he ready to return if needed? Yeah, he was ready Tuesday, but Naby's been excellent. Um, competition for places, and when you've got your captain sitting there who's your leader, it's not a bad person to have in reserve, is it? So, um, yeah, he'll have to wait his time, but. Um, yeah, it's good to have him back around the group. So there we go, Bowyer looking ahead to Saturday's trip uh, up to the Memorial Ground to take on Bristol Rovers. Ray Bates has just tweeted, great show, gents, but not quite the same without the Roland Rant section. Uh, I'm sure, give it, give it a week, I'm sure there'll be something else coming up. Um, uh, right, so looking ahead, a uh, couple of question marks there, isn't it? Obviously, Joe Rebo uh, went off on Tuesday, and I originally assumed it was the tight groin that he suffered, he was suffering with against Portsmouth that, that would have taken him off, but actually it was illness, and now it sounds like he might be a potential miss at the moment so we'll have to we'll have to do it without him if possibly yeah and you know how how big a loss he is because since he's come back into the side it's only three or four games he's had I think but he's looked just different class again hasn't taken any time to get back up to speed got himself a goal already so yeah if we are missing him it'll be a big loss particularly if Bielik doesn't make it as well and then we talked about that strength in depth and suddenly you're looking around and thinking, you know, the likes of Lapsley probably going to get a start. Um, it's a slight drop down, but, you know, Lapsley's a, a good player and has performed well this season. But uh, you want your best players playing all the time. And, and as uh, both him and the, the guy from Bristol said, it's, it's not going to be an easy game just because they're down there. Um so we need as many of our, our best players playing as we can. So you'd hope Aribo makes it. We've obviously got two weeks break after that. So if we can just get some of these players who perhaps are aching and tired from the back-to-back games this week, just get them through one more 90 minutes and then we can have a bit of a break. Mm. Yeah, I mean, because I would say Williams and Billick are both... Uh, well, I think it sounds like Williams is probably likely to be out. Mm. Billick was was a bit touch and go. I think they would have seen if they could have got him through training Thursday, Friday. Um, so, so those two are question marks as well. So it could be a, a pretty new look midfield really compared to, to, to what we've had over the last few weeks yeah it could yeah you could see uh, Prattley might get a game Marshall might get a game um, so yeah it'll be it'll be different but it's it's a time for the, the chaps to put a performance in and try and keep that place because you know they sit there moaning that they're not playing mm. well they're going to have an opportunity well, Fos- Fossey one of them of course if Williams out injured he played started against uh, Burton on Tuesday hit the bar early on how, how did you rate his overall performance mm, he's, he's He's not the same, but I, I mean, I, I feel sorry for him because I still don't think this narrow formation suits him. 
Mm. I think he's better coming out from out wide, which is where he played last year. But um, he just needs to adapt his game, and he's, it's not—it's not just working for him at the moment. Same as Marshall, it's took him a while to try and adapt, and it's just not a system that suits Tariq for me, anyway, in my opinion. Yeah, Tom, we saw Josh Parker start against Burton as well after Igor had started the last couple. Um, again, what did you make of him on Tuesday, and, and which way would you go with uh, with a decision to make for, as to who will partner Lyle Taylor? I don't think he was brilliant, but he wasn't bad either. Got himself in some good positions, held the ball up okay. But for me, Igor's looking all right. Um, again, you know, he's, he's not Carlin, but last few games, I think Igor's form has improved. I just think he, you saw how leggy he was at the end of the Portsmouth game. There was no way he was going to play again Tuesday. But with another week under his belt, you would hope, or personally, I would hope to see him start back uh, up with Lyle on Saturday. Uh, I think Parker's looked all right when he's come off the bench. He's got a little bit of pace to him and he had something slightly different. I'm just not sure I want him starting at the moment. So if Igor's fit, then then him for me. Hmm. So, I mean, let's, let's have some predictions. Should be, should be. I mean, Bristol Rovers, as we said, won their last three now. Charlton on a resurgent little run of form themselves, but perhaps suffering a little bit with tiredness. Tom, how do you see it going? Uh, I think we'll, we'll win. I'm going to say 2-0. Yeah? No. yeah. Uh, who's, your, who's your goal scorers? Uh, Lyle and Paddy Big Paddy B 1-0 Saar 1-0 Saar yeah 25 yard free kick again or a header 32 32 yards yards, specifically (laughs) if that that happens (laughs) I'll jump off a building if that happens I would want to be a millionaire every time there's a free kick we're going to have to get someone to measure it just just in case (laughs) it it happens right uh, we've run out of time Uh, On this evening's big match preview, don't forget we'll be back here on Sunday evening to look back at whatever happens uh, down in the West Country uh, against uh, Bristol Rovers. Um, Just a couple of other points of interest I just want to add as well. Um, I'm still fundraising for uh, the London to Amsterdam bike ride if you go over to my Twitter page or to Nathan's as well he's doing it as well you can click on our link and donate to raise money uh, for prostate cancer don't forget you can sign up for the Upbeats walk as well uh, you can raise money for the Upbeats we're, we're all going to do that as well I believe so mm-hmm. something else to look forward to uh, as well right thanks for listening to Charlton Live the big match preview hope you've enjoyed the show Tom and Nate thanks for coming in much Cheers, love mate. I've been Louis Mendes thank you for listening all the way to the end of this evening's Charlton Live we'll be back here on Sunday hopefully with three points in the bag after our trip to Bristol Rovers we shall see you later. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.